Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Bare Naked ABCs, where we discuss every single Bare Naked Lady song from 7 to Y. And I, from the very beginning, when I first decided when we were going to start this podcast, I decided that I had to start on a specific date. I had to have every single interview lined up ahead of time. No, like if we ever had anyone out, I have been pushing these guys to make sure they're here every single week because I had to make sure that we come to this song in the autumn. Mm, that <laughs> it it, you've done uh, it. I yeah. get it. Yeah, I see what you that, did there. Yeah. The October <laughs> air. Yeah, but joining me tonight, I have Aaron and Heidi and Betsy. Welcome, hey, hey, and I guess we would call him a guest this week. But I mean, I don't, we, I don't know if we're going to get him back <laughs> full time. But we had to get him back for at least this week. We have Jeff joining us. Hi, everyone. Jeff, oh, Jeff is back. Woohoo! Welcome back. I'm an alumni. Yeah, this is like Jeff, right? We could plug him. This is like when someone from the SNL cast gets really famous and then comes back to host the show. We can plug Stabby Road, which everyone needs to uh, buy. It's like the Daily Show when all they when they all came back to meet (laughs) John Stewart. Yeah, nice. Yeah, so uh, Jeff is here. Jeff, do you want to tell people why? You're here tonight. What is special? Uh, well, I was informed that um, this is the last song off Born uh, Born on a Pirate Ship. And I know in the past I was uh, pretty vocal about this not being my favoritist Bare Naked Ladies album. Um, I, I think I've, there's, I've, we've done songs that I've, I've liked off this album. Old, old Apartment and, and um, uh, mm. Live With It Every Day I like, but... Yeah, no, definitely, definitely wouldn't rank this as as high for me on on the album list. But I heard this was the last one off it, so I had to be back for it. Oh, of course. Maybe yeah. to redeem, maybe to redeem my my overall score for the album. Would you say then that this song, Jeff, would be the like the equivalent of the final girl in the horror movie? This would be the final girl. Yeah. <laughs> ah, <yes. laughs> Nicely done there. Nicely done. So. uh Aaron, what album's on number? <laughs> oh, well, well I can tell you. It's from. <laughs> I forgot the rules. I forgot the my, rules of the uh, show. <laughs> my, yeah. 
There's no rules. It's from ladies and gentlemen, bare naked ladies and the persuasions, of course. Uh, that's, it that's is. Where it's from. <laughs> from from rock spectacle. <laughs> so yeah, this this week's song is When I Fall. If you have never heard this song before, here is a quick snippet. I wish I could fly from this building, from this wall. And if I should try, would you catch me if I fall? And it is best known, as Jeff said, from Bopes. But it is also known from Rock Spectac and also known from, ladies and gentlemen, the Bare Naked Ladies and the Persuasions. Hmm. And the bathroom session. <laughs> oh, I did not get the bathroom session. Oh my god! Oh yeah. <laughs> See what happens when you leave, Jeff. I, I caught you sleeping, off. Tracy. Caught you sleeping. <clears throat> but I'm yeah, ashamed. no. I mean, I I definitely am kind of. Uh, well, well, we'll get into it, but I definitely want to discuss <laughs> the different versions. Um. So this is the fifth song on the album. Interestingly enough, they put this between This Is Where It Ends and The Old Apartment. Okay. I'm not sure if that's where I, I mean, in a few months, we're going to end up covering like what, how we would reorder these. Mm. I don't know if that's where I would put this song. Maybe I definitely come before this is where it ends. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that would be more thematically appropriate for sure. Right after I live with it every day. <laughs> I fall, and then yeah. this is where it ends. It's yeah. not the fall; it's the sudden stop at the end. Really, you gotta watch out for it's really more the, the smushing and, and the crunching and the internal organs just going. And then, oddly enough, what's left could fit in a shoebox. Oh. <laughs> no, no, no. Nicely done. And of course, you have this spider in my room in there somewhere talking about squishing. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we're just toying with each other now, so let's (laughs) let's get to talking about the song. Um, I do want to say the band wanted to release this as a single, but Terry McBride, who was the manager, refused, saying that the stations would never play it because of the message. Right. Oh, interesting i hard well, disagree there yeah and that was post nine. Oh, i definitely disagree yeah i agree so, no yeah. uh, really yeah 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 because 1993 okay. mm-hmm. oh never mind wait wait pre yeah hmm. no 1996 sorry yeah but still yeah yeah but yeah still pre five years before the, the towers well i mean the the thing is, and we'll talk about this when we talk about the lyrics, but I think it's just as valid interpreted metaphorically. So, yes. I mean, I don't, it's not like. Mm-hmm. Well, and there know. were darker songs on the radio in 95 yeah. and 96. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, guys, Metallica. Um, Jeremy. Was... Um, <laughs> anything ever by Elliot Smith? <laughs> Janie's got a gun. Was, I mean, it was I the gr- it was the grunge movement. Everything yeah. was darker. Yeah, yeah, that does really. That is. Was it because it was like a sad, slowish ballad? They're like, oh no, it's too much. People are. Just or maybe gonna... it's because you can actually hear the words in the ballad. And yeah, so that's well. true. <laughs> well, you're telling yeah. me you can't understand. <laughs> <laughs> Not so much. 
Eddie, we yeah. know you listen. Come on the show. <laughs> My baby's in love with Eddie. My baby's in love. Nicely done, Heidi. Nicely done. Weird Al, we know you listen. Come on yeah. the show. Yeah. Please. <laughs> right. please come on. Before you go on the weird alphabet, come here. <laughs> yeah. Right. right. That would be a great joke, actually. <laughs> Um, the lyrics were written by Ed and Steve, mm. and the music was by Ed. And in episode 11 of Ed's podcast that he did during uh, Bare Naked Ladies Are Me, during the recording sessions, Ed states that actually Steve brought a lot to it, especially in the bridge. I believe it. Oh, yeah. 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 Not shocking to me. <laughs> Wait, a dark song? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. To it? The hell you say? <laughs> <laughs> um, but do you guys want to talk about the uh the music of the song? Yeah, let's break it down. Break it down. Wicked, wicked, wicked. Uh, so yeah, I'll start it off. I didn't have a lot of time. I, I went right from coding into this, so uh, it's gonna be. I'm going to need an assist here. Uh, but it was recorded right around 65 beats per minute to my counting. Uh, it's not exact. Uh, it does Russian drag just ever so slightly, but it's pretty locked in. The Persuasions version is just a little slower, about 63 beats, beats per minute. Mm -hmm. um, both in the key of E major, though. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I mean, that's pretty much all I got to. I started writing down chords, but that I can't just list off chords as much as I would just love to do that. Uh, yeah, I just I have it goes <laughs> in a basic one, four, yeah. one, four, seven, four, five to a six to a five. It's pretty repetitive right around that progression. <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, it, it is. A, it's a simple song, but it's as we pointed out, you know, sometimes simplicity, especially if it's just done well, can be really effective. And I think maybe the repetition of the, you know, the the chord changes is programmatic to an extent because we, mm. we kind of deal with like. Well, in the comparison to the office workers and things like that, like people kind of going through the motions and, you know, the living dead, as it were, not to get too spooky on you for October. But yeah, it's like, uh, yeah, like they talk, I believe um, he made a reference to like uh, to tombs. I think I don't know if he said uh, pharaohs modern, or pyramids. Modern or pharaohs, tombs. Yeah. Tomb. Okay, he did. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think. There's definitely some uh, potentially potential for some programmatic stuff there, but yeah, I mean it's simple tune. It's a nice like country ballad. It's kind of the thing that we've said before that Ed likes to do, and sometimes I've been critical uh, of Ed writing stuff that's kind of samey, uh, especially like in the later years. But you know, I think this is a really good example of the kind of stuff that Ed does best, and. Personally speaking, I I kind of feel like the word I would use to classify this song, both from a lyrical and musical perspective, is vulnerable. Um, and, you know, since for me, this song is like, it's all about the emotional resonance. It's very honest. It, it seems like a pretty interesting kind of glimpse into maybe, I think Ed tries to be the happy party guy a lot, you mm. know? For sure. uh, and he let Steve kind of do the darker stuff. So it's interesting to hear this uh, this side of Ed. So Heidi, I just sent you a link, but I actually went into another tab as well. Yeah, it's the tab. I already have all the chords and stuff in the tab. 
Um, the tab is, I, I love the guitar, the, the arpeggiated chord stuff that, that he's doing in this. Um, and I think in the chorus, he shifts a little bit. Mm. I mean, he does stay around, um, the same key, but he goes into that, the, um, minor chord, he goes into a minor six yep. to a five, to a one, to a major four, seven again, but just that shift into, I wish I could fly that, that minor into, and then again, landing, not landing back at home. Again, yeah, which I think is is a little prophetic, and I love it when they do that. That there's no closure, um, and I appreciate that Absolutely. about the chords chords that he's using. It does follow with again the tradition uh, little intro. But da 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 da. I was gonna say it sounds like light up my room. Boom boom. Um, and you got. Yeah, I I yeah. often actually when I was thinking about it, and I love this song, and Bopes is one of my favorite albums. Um, and like the early stuff and I kept trying, I was singing it all week long and I kept starting to sing light of my room instead. <laughs> and I kept going back and forth between light of my room. And when I fall and I was like, wait a minute, which one is what? <laughs> so because they're, they are so similar. And I, I was, I was using lyrics <laughs> from light of my room. Um, even the chorus, like wish I could fly from this building from this fall is is very similar to the um oh the chorus in light of my room um ah. <laughs> help me the hydrofield cuts right. through my um but i'm thinking of the chorus of that hold on i'm pulling it mm. up um if you question now what I'm i would all, do like, now I'm totally into if you'd question what I would do to get over and be with you. Mm. Yeah, it's kind of similar in that uh, I wish I could fly from this building. Yeah. It's slightly different, but it still is reminiscent. <laughs> they they kind of are, are sister and brother yeah. to each other in some way. So that's kind of my favorite part of the song though i like that transition it's it's a little unexpected the first time you hear it and mm. um yeah it's well, just the bridge really is the same as the chorus right in terms of the the notes right. okay mm -hmm. so it's not really a true bridge i guess it's more of a, of a no. secondary course <laughs> yeah the, i wish i could step from this scaffold yeah that part yeah he uses the same chordal stuff that he uses in the chorus but it's a little mm -hmm. bit different Mm -hmm. And uh, it does say on here on Rocket Old School, which was done by um, Alan Vogel. Um, yeah, Alan yeah. Vogel says that uh, it, that Ed plays this capoed on four. Yeah. Oh, it's capoed okay. on four. Yes. It, it's capoed on four. Um, so if you're capoing, the chords are in that key. So it would be like a C chord to an F major seven to a G instead of. Like, but in the key of E, if you're not capoed up for, um, that's it. Still, is a one, four, seven, five, six, five progression. It's the same progression, just in a different key. When right, the intervals are always the same. Right. But yeah, no. right. <clears throat> um, the other thing he says is that it's in a weird three beat time signature. 
Uh, well, it's in 12 8. It is. Are we? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's. Look, excuse me. I don't think 12 8 is all that weird. It's an odd time signature. In a, well, no, it's not. Mm. Which you can still think, do in four. It would just be one and a two and a three and a divisible by three. And, uh, right, right. Yeah, you could write it as triplets. Right. Uh, right. As well. I think where I really noticed it more, I hear it on the album version, but on Rock Spectacle, I hear it in Tyler's drums, especially on the last yeah. chorus. Because yeah. he's doing, he really the, that's where in. I really hear it. Yeah, right. yeah. 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 absolutely. And that's cool, because we don't get a lot of those, but it's really great when they do that. It's mm. probably my favorite time signature. Like I like weirder stuff too, you know, like getting into Music like five door. and seven and eleven and weird stuff, but like twelve eight is I love it. It's a great feel. I love such triplets. A music door, Garen. <laughs> I am not guilty as charged. Door. Not you at all, no, though. Not right? at all. Yeah. <laughs> well, the notes that I had about this, what do you, what do you have, Betsy? I, I we've let the, the music geeks over here talk for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I can't really I mean break down the chorus or anything or uh, music wise. I like the I like that same tempo too. Um, it it kind of like engages like I find myself like rocking to it. <laughs> it's very catchy. Um, music wise, I like that it's stripped down because it feels like he's kind of yes emotionally kind of stripping mm -hmm. down and yes. being very like you said very bare and very um honest and vulnerable um he's stripping down he's getting bare keep going <laughs> he's bare was, this, was this the bare naked yeah, was, this, bare. was this the naked song on the album no that was in a, no. <laughs> which one was it on bone arrow pirate ship Oh, uh, it, the one that was on this was not on the album. Oh, it was like released as a B-side or a, yes. a rarity. Anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to uh, interrupt. Oh, no. <laughs> I didn't have... Um, were we just speaking to like the music component? Yeah. Or did you want like, yeah, more? Yeah, just the music for now, and then we'll okay. switch over. Yeah. I mean, I, I love I... Jim's Arco bass playing mm. on this. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Kind of Very, like getting, yeah, like sad but beautiful. Kind of getting the the bowed strings in was really nice. Um, as hilarious as I think it would be to invite Jeff on after not having him on for like a long time and then just talking over him the whole episode. Jeff, uh, <laughs> would you like to chime in? Oh, come on, be amazing. I'll just throw in some random burst of laughter here and there, and then we'll just call it. You know. <laughs> I know. I actually, I actually did take notes on a bare naked lady song for the first time in like a long. It was, it was weird, but um, mm. <laughs> yeah. So I actually did do some. Most of my notes are on the lyrics, of course, but I did do some music ones. And one of the things I wrote is that I because I did listen to it a few times again when I knew I was coming on. But um, this is one of my favorite Ed vocals. Uh, Ed just sounds yeah, so good it. in this song. He really so does. So good. And then, like, you listen across the board to the different versions. Uh, the Persuasions, the Rock Spectacle, um, even the Bathroom Sessions. Um, you could tell this one means a lot to him because yeah. he just sells the vocals on this. And just these little flourishes that he does throughout. Um, I love. I wouldn't be me if I didn't shout out Kevin. And uh, the piano on mm. this is fantastic. Mm. Um, there again, I, I now you're going to hear a common trend which is this is one song where i really prefer on rock spectacle um th mm -hmm. that doesn't always the case that i prefer the live version but this is one that i definitely prefer rock and um you can really hear just kevin just going to town with those uh flourishes like that last chorus 
Um, there's just some stuff happening in there. I don't know. I'm not as the technical, but you could just feel it in Tyler's percussion and, and Kevin's uh, piano. Um, mm-hmm. There's just some really cool stuff happening yeah. in that final chorus. Um, and one thing, the, the other thing I noticed is I love the word painting on it, on the chorus. I wish I could fly. Fly goes yes. up. And then, would you catch me if I fall? Yeah. He actually does the, the word painting on the fly and fall. Yeah. And I it's really, really nice. It's really, really well, nice. Well, and as, he, as he's repeating, when I fall at the end of the song, it's slowly yeah. Yeah. fading away as though right. he's falling. Yeah. I, I but, like the Rock Spectac version myself. Um, I, I, I feel that, and I hate to say this, um, but uh, we just had Michael on a couple of weeks ago, but I feel like Michael's mixing of this song on uh, Boy on a Pirate Ship doesn't work for me because it's, it it gets a little too quiet when he mixes it quietly. Like when it goes low Um, versus the live version, like it goes quiet, but there's still power behind it. And I mean, that was Michael's mixing as well. So, Michael, I just like your mixing on the second time around, not the first time as much. That's interesting because I actually wrote now. Were you talking about the persuasions or about the rock spectacle? Rock spectacle. Yeah. See, I haven't seen I haven't heard that uh, you did not put that in the drive. Yes, so I all I had was the persuasions and and the the <laughs> Blown on Pirate Ship version, uh, so I I can't speak to that. And that may be that may end up being my favorite version if I go and listen to it. Um, but I prefer the Born on a Pirate Ship version to the Persuasions, even though I really like the Persuasions. I love what they do with the vocals. Um, I liked <laughs> having the bowed strings uh, in the Born on a Pirate Ship version, uh, you know. And, and I do. I actually wrote a note that I that I noticed how quiet at times the Born on a Pirate Ship version was. But I think that that fits in very well with again the song being very kind of uh, vulnerable and and coming from a place of um maybe you know maybe this isn't i don't know if you take something like if you have a a broad range of like vocal power where you've got you know steven page belting out break your heart on one end and then you've got kind of ed quietly you know kind of just uh wearing his heart on his sleeve in this song i think both uh extremes of that dynamic can be really powerful in their own way so i i did enjoy the quietness of this song it's a very long way to say that. <laughs> you're saying that. I actually do think, uh, at least with with Pirate Ship, I prefer these are the ones where I do prefer the rock spectacle versions more. the The rock spectacle songs are the ones I think I would pick on rock, or uh, I would pick that I prefer rather than Born on a Pirate Ship. Just something like Break Your Heart just is fantastic live. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's <laughs> absolutely. Well, and, and what I wrote down for that is it's something that Michael said last week. Um, or the week before, I don't remember which it was, but um, that he was saying, and it's a it's a common adage that you know you have your whole life to write your first album, and then six months to mm. write your second, and this is their third, which but but it's also again about another six six to seven months after that that they were writing this while they were on the road, and they didn't have time to perfect it on the road. Like the, a lot of these songs, mm-hmm. they wrote, and then they went on the road and they played them. But it was already on the album by that point. They hadn't had a ton of time to play it over and find how they liked it to sound. And in doing so, I think that by the time they got to Rock Spectac, they were like, this is this is how we want it to be. Um, and plus, at that point, they had Kevin joining them and playing with them as well. 
And there, there was one spot in there that Jim is playing on the live version um, when he's talking about uh, the windstorms. And he actually does this noise of, of it trilling up and down. And it sounds like the wind whipping between buildings. On the mm. album version, it comes a line later when he says that he's looking into the boardroom. And I, oh, but on when they do it live and they do it every version after, he does it a bar or two earlier. So it pops up in that moment when he's talking about the wind in the October winds. And I'm like, okay, it, that had to have been like they were playing it. They're like, oh my God, why am I doing this a bit like so much later? No, let's pull that back a little bit, do it here, and it will sound better. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Are we seeing your notes for the show? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Oh. oh. Well done. I, I write a lot of notes. Not all of them no, get seen. <laughs> By the way, thanks for defining when for us earlier. I appreciated that. Yes, you're you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I love it when I type faster than my computer thinks. Um, so this is the uh, this is Aaron is not the version that you did not hear of what I fall, which was it's not the version that I did not hear. <laughs> this is the version that you didn't hear. Aaron. Okay, are you trying to confuse uh, me? I, I am. <laughs> you're succeeding. Look straight in the boardroom. Modern Pharaoh's tomb. I'm glad they swap places if they care to die. They're lined up at the window, peer down into limbo, frightened of jumping in case they survive. almost sounds like someone's screaming as they're falling there that with the arco bass 
Oh, so thank you. For Sorry, playing I got that. caught up in that. <laughs> no, th- mm-hmm. I'm glad that you played it because I like this song even more now. And mm-hmm. I'm probably going to have to raise my what I was planning on giving it for a score. Yeah, I I raised it after I went back and I listened to the album version. I play this on rock spec way more this song and this version yeah and i played the rock spec again i'm like oh that's right this is way higher than i like, <laughs> the rock spectacle just version just elevates yeah it, it really does mm-hmm. <laughs> it elevates it <laughs> that being <laughs> it's just so perfect like the harmonies again with bnl as you would expect are just spot on and they but the fact that they don't do it throughout the whole song it's only there in the chorus and the in the bridge, and otherwise it's a very solo, very alone type song. Brings that much more power to it. Yeah, well, like that's like I said, that transition is like my favorite part. So when the harmonies come in, in addition to kind of changing to that uh, uh, that feel, is just yeah, it's really really nice. It's, it's like I said, it's <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's the chef's kiss. So do you guys know the story of what this... I mean, obviously, the, there's uh, very little doubt about what this song is about, but do you guys know the story of how this song came about? I sure don't. <laughs> Tell us, Uncle Tracy. Tell us the story. <laughs> the story. story time. <laughs> um, so Jason Plum of the Waltons, um, who Michael also talked about a couple of weeks ago that he worked with. Um, Ed and Jason were, were kind of friends at this time. And this is the first song where Ed thought to himself that he can create songs that he's proud of. Um, this song was inspired by Jason. And one of the things that Ed really liked about Jason um, is that he would just sit himself down and tell himself that he was going to write three songs that day and he would do it. Um, it was a songwriting craft to him. And, you know, if they might not all be good songs that he wrote that day, but it, at least one of them would. And prior to this point, Ed had always just kind of waited for his muse to come to him. Um, and so he was talking with Jason about his craft work and how he does it. And Jason said, well, I want you to think of something interesting and, and then finish it off like an essay. So he said, I mm. want you to think of something right now. And, and Ed said, well, a window washer that's afraid of heights. <clears throat> and so Jason said, well, now I want you to figure out why he's up there if he's afraid of heights and that and, and I want you to follow it through. I want you to finish writing that. And, you know, the big thing for Ed was like, this is a guy, this song is about being selfless in the name of your family and friends. You know, the narrator is afraid of heights, but needs to provide for his family. And he's certain that death is going to be, well, the, 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 this job is going to be the death of him. But he does it anyways, because hmm. his family is more important. That gives it a nice depth. All right, then. So that's the show, everybody. Well, <laughs> thanks for joining us on uh, Window Washers Afraid of Heights and other weird. <laughs> now, I, one of the things I wanted to say is this is what I am missing out of modern BNL. Mm. This is the stuff that we would get with the early BNL. We would get the flag. We would get this song. Um, we, we there are so many songs that were like this. Um, when I fall, just the toy, 
Call Me Calmly, Straw Hat and Dirty Old Hank. Like they're not songs about them personally. They they said what if and then took that song and and wrote it to its full completion. And we got a lot of that early on. And it seems like with today's BNL, I can't think as I'm looking through and looking at the songs that Ed has written for the new album and for the last album. I don't see any songs where he does that. I see a lot of songs that Steve does in his writing today where he does that, but I don't see any where Ed does that. And it makes me sad because El- Ed is an amazing storyteller. Well, the other thing, I mean, I guess this is a good segue into discussing the lyrics, but did anyone else get the feeling that <clears throat> being a window cleaner, window washer, is in a sense sort of a metaphor for being a musician yes Mm -hmm. stay okay Mm -hmm. i was gonna say stay with me but you're already with me that's good uh because i I was just thinking about pretend we're not in case our listeners okay okay so being a musician if one were to make it their sole source of income Mm. is quite a precarious position to be in you are as it were without a net right now I know BNL are Canadian, so I guess at least they'd have healthcare. But you take my <laughs> point, right? Like it's uh, there's nothing there. You know, it's like it's not like a job where you get a salary. You if you're not if you're not doing it, if you're not selling out shows, you're not eating. So mm-hmm. yeah, I just feel like it could definitely feel kind of like staring down at the at the ground from a great height and being like, wow, I'm if I fall, there's nothing to catch me. There is mm-hmm. no net. There is no mm-hmm. one to catch me. And he's hoping that he'll fly. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, your career takes off, you fly. Mm. Well, and and going off that, I think the part that hit me, I've listened to this song a lot. And it's one of those things. This song, I think, is going to impact you differently, depending on a lot of factors, like what your mood is, where you are at a certain time. You could easily take this very literally. I think, Aaron, you mentioned that. You could easily take this literally, and it would still be a great song. Mm -hmm. Or you could take it metaphorically, and it will be a better song. But, um, Mm -hmm. um. but I actually caught that too. And then I think where it hit me and uh, today is when I got to that last chorus. I think that's where it finally just the last thing sunk in where he's talking mm. about a painter. A painter leaves something right. behind. A legacy. Uh, he's like, I'm leaving behind this blank glass. This is my masterpiece. And I think that's that's part of it too. He's worried that he's going to leave without leaving his legacy. Mm. And that just hit really hard today, you know, because I think, you know, that's something that goes through a lot of people's minds who do anything creative or am i am i going to leave something behind that is going to be remembered so Mm -hmm. (laughs) i think jeff you're you're right on it like i think you could take it a lot of ways like we do with a lot of songs but i think again the reason i love their earlier work and i i appreciate exactly what tracy said interestingly i listened to in flight like three times today just right down i just listened to it three times in a row i was just doing work and and crocheting and cleaning the house and i was like i really haven't dived into that album yet and just i had only listened to it on the surface and it's there are some moments in that album are that are kind of reminiscent of earlier writing um Mm -hmm. and some that are way not but i i there are some that i really really appreciated and i i realized today i said i need and then I listened to this like five more times. And I said to myself, I'm like, I need to create a playlist of 
of those really um some would say dark but those mm. those bnl songs because i don't mm. want to be listening to when i fall or light up my room and then all of a sudden it's alcohol like i there are, <laughs> there are moments that i really love these particular songs and yes. and there are some of those um on in flight that i really like too and i'm like you know what i need an album that encompasses i just need i need like i'm just gonna make my own playlist of it because mm -hmm. and those songs that you can take a variety of ways but i also so love the play on words that we used to get so often like I love um, the the nine point eight straight down. Yes, um, that was yes. my favorite yeah. line. That line, line gets me every time. And and yeah. thinking of that again, now we are post nine eleven too. And thinking of well, I'm saying that Betsy because the if you've ever seen um, oh what is the documentary about the person that had the oh my gosh it's the a, a photographer took a picture of this one guy that threw himself out of one of the towers and mm. they could they were trying to figure out who this person was and every time i hear 9.8 straight down i think of oh wow, of yeah. that mm -hmm. and yeah. and it really like i learn something in a lot of bare naked ladies songs especially the earlier songs like i had to find out what that meant oh okay so that's the speed the velocity of of a body and mm -hmm. but other things like i love the comparison to the squeegee and the secular rosary um um oh i um, love that line i love that and i love the boardroom being the modern pharaoh's tomb and he's mm. outside and free and they're inside the boardroom and it's that like the old adage of i i don't want to have be chained to a desk in a cubicle like office space mm -hmm. my whole life you know you are outside and f free in this world and yet you are afraid of heights and you're up on this this platform um and i love that and i love 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 the line they're afraid of jumping in case they survive mm -hmm. that's my favorite line in the yeah. song it's, oh my it's God. a brilliant line brilliant line and 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 well and i think that brings up that juxtaposition of like they're uh, they're afraid of of surviving he's afraid of death i mean they're in completely right. mm -hmm. different spaces in their yeah. life like he's he gladly right. swap places because he wants to live he doesn't want to die and i think and and the chorus this chorus every time i i can sing this over and over again the harmonies are so beautiful um and on a soft green i love the way he does it's almost like i i imagine um you know in matilda where the uh, trench bull throws the girl out in the <laughs> yeah, yeah. and she softly lands yeah. uh on the green on the green meadow and i'm like mm -hmm. on to soft green pastures shopping <laughs> malls away nice. and i love the way that 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 chorus comes across every time and it's it's more of thinking uh it's it's being reminiscent about your family and the pastor which goes back to the whole the secular rosary um so there's so much connection in this and so much great wordplay and it's not 
punching you in the face with it. But I also love, I look like a painter behind all the grease, but paintings creating and I'm just erasing, mm -hmm. but a crystal clear canvas is my mm, masterpiece. Yeah. I always think of that when I clean my bathroom. I'm like, Ooh, it is nice. clean. This is my <laughs> nice. masterpiece. It's a crystal clear canvas. There's yeah. just so that stands a slap me in the face today for some reason. Mm. I, I, I've heard it so many times and I heard it like anew today. Mm. Like, I don't know, for some reason, the meaning just like smacked me today. And I was like, wow, that is so good. Yeah. It's such like, good writing. The fact there. that he sees his life as useless, like, yeah, it, it will be gone tomorrow. Like you, yeah. you're not creating something, you're erasing it, which will just again later on become dirtied yeah. again. And so his life, this is not where his meaning of his life is. And yet he does this thing yeah. for what but there's yeah. such value in the in the supposed monotonous jobs, mm -hmm. too. Like mm -hmm. I, Oh my god. So please finish, but I I, I don't want to follow up. Please like I, I'm thinking of often of the things that like I'm going to be selfish here, but <laughs> the things that I do to make sure, like the kitchen will always be clean when I go to bed. And yet my husband, who's the cook, destroys it. And then it's oh, like, yeah. <laughs> it yeah. destroys it. And then in yeah. the morning, it's all clean again. It's like the magic fairy. And you just, and that's my masterpiece. And it, but if it doesn't get done, people will notice. Right. But people don't right. notice as much when it is done. When yeah. you go into Very a big, true. tall, fancy mm -hmm. building and the windows are all clean, you're not thinking, oh, those window washers are doing great. You're just like, wow, this is so clean. But you would notice it. If you don't notice it when it's clean, but you'll notice it when it's dirty. So it's right. that level of impact for these seemingly menial jobs, which are not at all, because it, it's a really, I, I think this piece, this, this yeah. music is a piece of art. That's, in itself. It really is. Mm -hmm. It really, well, so two things. First, the next time I see really clean windows <laughs> in an office building, I am going to think, wow, the window cleaners did a great <laughs> job. But second, have you thanked got, a window cleaner today? I, I we really all should. We really all should. Um it, it is kind of a terrifying job. Um yeah, yes. But like um so yeah, I mean well I got so excited when you were talking there, Heidi, is because it, it kind of aligns with my own philosophy. So uh I'm an absurdist. Are you are all you familiar with uh Camus the myth of Sisyphus? So like you you probably know isn't, isn't that the what the rock? Yes, up the yeah. hill, the so, rock up the so, hill. He, the rock kept rolling back down. Yes, in, yes, in Greek okay. mythology, yeah, yeah. Sisyphus was uh, cursed to have to roll a boulder up right. a mountain, and then as soon as it got to the top, it would roll down right. the other side, and then he had to go and just do it again. So, like this was like a metaphor that Camus used, basically, like you know, this was during when existentialism was very chic, and a lot of people were like, "Oh, this is really depressing." You know, there's no meaning to life. Uh, but there were different responses to this. And one of them was like Sartre with like more classic existentialism was like, well, it's kind of exciting because we can write our own meaning. There's no prescribed meaning for life, but that doesn't mean it doesn't have to have any. It means you can be the author of your own story. And Camus took it a step further and was like, well, look, maybe let's let's just take it as read that it is meaningless. But like, what does that really mean? So he kind of retold the, the story of Sisyphus and cast him as this hero, a heroic figure struggling against the supposed meaninglessness of his task. The fact that he persisted, even though it was meaningless, was what made the struggle heroic. So oh, like, wow. yeah, yeah, father time and entropy are mm -hmm. undefeated, but like right. you can't just give up. The fact that you struggle on, it's, it's like fighting 
it's like the the three hundred Spartans making a stand against uh, you know uh, Xerxes. So yeah, I, I, there's something really really cool about that. Anyways, that's there, just there's I, like there's meaning in the attempt. The fact that you're exactly yeah, right. right. Yeah. The uh, I wanted to add really quickly, Heidi, to something that you were saying earlier about the modern pharaoh's tomb, which I love that line. Uh, I like mm. so many lines in this. I mean. The ones that you listed before, Heidi, are all the ones that I like throughout the song hit me because they are some of my favorite BNL lines of all time. Um, <clears throat> but it's interesting. Like, here's this guy who would gladly trade places with them, but also like doesn't want like it, he he's happy kind of with where he is in life, but just not with his job. Um, but he sees these people that aren't happy with themselves or their lives or their job. You know, a pharaoh's tomb was a place for the rich and opulent, but then it's also for those people who are already dead and they were holding on to their money to hold on to for some reason. Right. Right. That's what, that's what the tomb jumps in my head. Yeah. Here lies Ozymandias. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. like, yeah. doesn't matter. We're all going to the same right. place. <laughs> and then, and yeah, the other, my other favorite line about this, we haven't talked about is trying to count sheep. But the sheep seem to shower off mm. this office tower. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. He's talking about the business people that are committing suicide, jumping off this, and he's counting them as they jump off the tower. Like Aaron, you were talking earlier this week about how dark my how dark things are. That is dark. <laughs> Which is based in reality, too. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, how many movies yeah, I mean, not, does not... the the guy just go running and yeah. jumping out the window? Either in a mm -hmm. funny comic movie or a more serious movie, like think of the stock market crash of nineteen twenty nine, mm -hmm. or like that's what that's well, what that line makes me think of. Yeah. The fact that there yes. were oh my god, was happening one hundred percent, one hundred percent, yeah. And and like was it Foxconn or there was some huge manufacturer in China where they had to install. Uh, gating and mm -hmm. nets right. because so many people were hurling mm -hmm. themselves off the top of the building. I mean, yeah. that's mm -hmm. unthinkable. I can't, you know, yeah, I mean, yeah, so it's, this is a song that uh, uses very powerful imagery. It, it uses it, it's, I don't know, I, I, I really dig this song. I guess I'm tipping and, and my it, hand here, but I, I think it's, it's really to beautiful. Me, this too. song is very much like a Christmas carol in that, you know, it's, it's about death. Hmm. It's about class division, and it's about no one being happy with where they are. Well, that's and you know, the only thing that jumps out in there with the like the only line that, that kind of jumps out. Well, two that I was gonna say because um, you definitely covered a lot. There's so many good lines in this one, but um, one is the fact that he does. It seems to be an isolated thing. He's really dealing with this uh, as a personal struggle. He what he's seeing mm. is a personal struggle. The, what he's seeing with the boardroom and you know what he's dealing with. But then there's that one line, of course, which said, "Would you catch me if I fall?" Mm. So he does reference somebody else. There's somebody else um needed and of course he mentions like his um and the one line that that always throws me off on this or definitely the first time was um my family my pastor my grandfather and then also man with who's dead and i'm like what you know <laughs> like uh, that weird little twist of the line there which which always makes me think he's referring to this that bridge or pre-course that we called it as being you know almost to heaven that he's thinking of mm. the afterlife <clears throat> but um which but I was going to say, the other one that throws me off is the song is called When I Fall. Mm -hmm. But he also says, <laughs> yeah. if I fall. Not if I fall. But yeah. he does say, yeah. if I fall first, and then he changes it to when I fall. And I always thought, I always think that's kind of a really deliberate and brilliant use. It is. Because he 
He goes from it being an uncertainty to a certainty. Like I was, I was yeah. going to ask you, Jeff, do you think that's the way that people try not to think about death and try not to think about the existential uh, uh, dread and, and just kind of stave it off by either, you know, throwing yourself into work or right. doing whatever. And then you kind of, at the end of the day, you have to kind of come. To There's a realization. I think the song is an art. We were all right? mortal. Yeah. And when he realizes that, you know, however we interpret that ending, like I said, to me, it feels like he's almost saying, I'm going to, I'm not going to leave anything behind. Like there was no meaning. Mm. And then that's also when he comes to the realization that, yeah, it's going to happen. I am going to leave at mm. some point. So, yeah, I, th- I think I mean, that was a, like a deliberate uh, arc. In song. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. And uh, that we, so we had mentioned there was kind of um, potentially afterlife imagery or questioning mm-hmm. about that sort of thing, which the one lyric I don't think we've discussed yet that I really wanted to was um, a secular rosary mm. beads mm-hmm. or secular right. rosary. Like I, I love that idea because it would be like, you know, something that you're, you're kind of clutching when you're feeling like things are out of control, out of your hands. Uh, a, a Catholic would have the rosary, and uh, the window cleaner here has has a squeegee. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, and you've you've written you've written lyrics, right, Aaron? So you know, yeah, you know, when you write lyrics, there's there's you know, there's there's filler lyrics and there's deliberate lyrics. And when I right. hear secular, I, I like my first instinct is, oh, oh, okay, he's just trying to fill those three those three bars until he gets to the end. But I don't think so. Like every other no, word and line case. in this yeah. song is so deliberate. I think that secular is is actually an extremely important word, especially when. You well, we, Master. yeah, we, we know Ed is not particularly religious. Right. So I, think I think, yeah, a little, yeah. little of him. So himself what he's on holding page. on to is very ethereal. It's very earthly. It's not right. spiritual. Yeah. Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I The more we talk about this song, the more I love yeah. it. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, so before we transition uh, to to the uh, ratings, I do want to tell a little bit of a funny story. Um, the trouble with Tracy is oh, <laughs> oh there's no trouble with Tracy <laughs> with this song. <laughs> um, Ed tells the story um, somewhere I don't remember where I saw it this week. I wrote it down um, that one time in soundcheck he made the mistake of singing. Well, made the mistake that while he was singing, he said, "I can't look below me." Did I just say <laughs> "blow me"? <laughs> and now he can't sing the song without thinking of that every time he comes to that lyric. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't think of it. Wow. <laughs> no. Yeah, right. Um, and Stephen loves this song as well. <laughs> he has played this song seven times on Live from Home. Oh wow. wow. Understandably. Mm-hmm. Uh B- seems like a good fit for that format yeah, yeah. too. And and BNL has played it 78 times as, as well. Um it is it is important to note that um after September eleventh happened, they did not come back to play this song again for another three years. Mm. So there was a there yeah. was a big space. Um uh, and then the next time that they played it was at the Cumberland County Civic Center in Portland, Maine. That was their next time after. Oh wow. Um oh, uh we know you listen, so come back to Maine. Please. Yes. <laughs> um and they did play it three times this year on their tour. Um, nice. Our our concert that we went to was not one of them, unfortunately. Um, yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> Jinx. Well, would we like to put some numbers to this song? How many secular rosary Ooh, beads? I was <laughs> I, I was going to go with how many sheep, but 
Sheep was also very good. I would, I, I, would, I actually Please. was going to go with sheep, but that's not my job anymore. So I'm just going <laughs> to. Actually, no, we have to go with it because Jeff's Please, but um, I like it sheep. Was, it was Jeff's job. <laughs> Please, just I think, yeah. I, I think, yeah, I, I defer to Jeff. So <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's counting sheep, so, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, then, Jeff, why don't we have you give us the first numbers then? Okay. Um, so I think my score when you when you first DM me today and I immediately thought of the song and I was like, okay, let's let's make this work. Um, I already had a score in my head for this song, and um and we all like I said, uh, and one thing I love about Bear Lincoln Ladies, I tease like Bopes, and we all tease the ones that you know might not be our as our much of our favorite albums, but um uh you know, Bear Naked Ladies is so eclectic in what they do, and of course they're going to have albums that some of us like more than others and songs. Um, so, you know, I thought of this album and everything and what I've rated some of the other songs on it and all that. And I sat down to listen to it tonight and right off the bat, I was kind of swept away with it and remembering how great the lyrics of this song are, how great Ed sounds on it, how great they all sound as an ensemble. Um, mm. you know, um, the walking bass, the, uh, Tyler, Brooklyn, um, uh, Kevin doesn't play on the album. If I remember correctly, he doesn't play till spectacle, but, um, but uh, the the piano and everything, and then uh, I I played spectacle, and boom! Like without even thinking about it, it was um, it just was momentous. It just gave it sent chills down my body. And then that, like I said, I got to that that final stanza and heard it anew for the first time. And just the meaning and the depth of the song and how it can be taken in so many ways hit. And it's just like I like the words kind of just escaped. I'm like, this is a perfect song. Um, it's a five. <laughs> I know that oh. I know this is gonna seriously affect my boop score, but um, <laughs> uh, I I can't not give this song anything less than a five. It's it's a perfect song in my eyes. It's just everything I want to hear in a bare naked lady song. It's got the the clever lyrics. It's got the harms. It's got the um you know you you hear all the the ladies uh apart so well, and it's just yeah, this is a five for me. All right. What about you? I came back to drop a five on you. <laughs> you dropped a five, five on, on me. <laughs> Heidi, how about you? I love this song so much. It's one of my go-tos. And I, I and this is the song that made me say today, after all these years, I'm just going to make a playlist of these songs. Because sometimes you just need these songs. And this this song has always been one of my favorites um the harmonies the lyrics everything so this is a five for me as well okay we got we got a pattern going here um let's break that pattern betsy (laughs) (laughs) presumptuous sir i take exception uh Uh Uh, no I I love this song for a lot of reasons. I love how genuine and how raw it is. I love the wordplay, which they are always so good at. Um, whenever the song comes on, I just you have to just like stop and like commit to it because it just like grabs you. Um, and I don't know. I it's probably not a five. But for me, I think it would be probably like a 4.8. Wow. That's respectable. Respectable. (laughs) All right, Aaron, what about you? I wish that I could say (laughs) 
that I could rate this song a three <laughs> because because I really want to make a three sheeps to the oh. wind. Oh. But, um, Found a way to work it in. I, I yeah yeah I that's not going to stop me. <laughs> um, but I don't know. This is really tough because I was I was leaning towards low to mid fours, but then I heard the rock spectac version. And that's really, really nice. And in discussing it and teasing out some of the meanings and just kind of uh, ruminating on it a bit with all of you, uh, it's it's really close. If it's not a five, it's. I think I'm going to end up joining Betsy on 4.8 Island over here. I think 4.8 sheeps. You just, you know, we just, you know what? It's it's actually five sheeps in disguise. We just, we, we, <laughs> we shaved one of them and took all the wool off. Yeah. So it just looks good. Wow, that is quite the analogy. <laughs> it went a long way for that, too. That was yeah. impressive. That was yeah. Really, that yeah. Was I, I do what I can. I'm Sisyphus. <laughs> rolling, the, rolling the boulder up the mountain. Um, I I really like this song and I mean yeah it goes with my dark sense of humor but I love like I love the flag and I love this and it's not a song that I can listen to every single day but when it comes on I will not skip it and it is absolutely essential BNL um if someone tells me okay can you play a BNL song for me that I've not heard that will tell me who they are this is this is one of those ones that I've got to play um, and I think this is one that I could play rather than playing the flag, which would probably freak out most people at first. This one has enough playfulness as well to it. It's a that little more accessible. Yeah, exactly. You you always want to play the songs to the people that have only heard one week. You want to play the songs that make them go the, the hell. This is the flag. <laughs> this is great provider. <laughs> Maybe don't play the blowy version. This is the war. War, war on drugs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and also one week's about exactly. a murder. So there you go. Um, between the musics, the harmonies, the lyrics, this is top echelon for me. This this is a five. This is absolutely gorgeous. Ooh. Um, and by the way, if you get a chance Whoa. to listen, there is a beautiful version of this on episode 11 of Ed's podcast. Uh, they play it live. Um uh, and it's him on guitar and Kevin on piano. Uh, you can go to bnlarchive.com and download it from there. It is amazing to listen to. Um, you know, guys, when when I fall, sometimes I, I bang my head. Uh -huh. and you know what happens? Here it comes. Well, that's when I sleep. That's when I dream. Oh, oh, no. oh. when you dream, what do you dream about? <laughs> Oh, oh, many things. That's 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 that's, 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 that's the next song. One of my favorite lines. <laughs> oh, I have to come back for that one. I love that song. This is how we <laughs> get back in. Yeah, come back on. Yeah, just when you think you're oh, up, just dragged drag right back, back, back in. in. Oh no, I love that song. I have no. If you've ever held like, your little baby boy in your arm, like ah, yeah, that one, that 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 one, that one hits hard on a lot of levels. Hits, yes, it does. Jeff, I, thank you so Fun much for joining Colson. us today. We do hope to have you back next you week. But welcome. um, you've been gone for a long time. Is there like anything that you've been doing during this time? <laughs> um, not, were you a serial time. killer in um Brazil that was uh, making or like a Dexter? Well, thing I'm not. I'm not like, gonna mention that. Like right 
right on the podcast. Oh, right, I mean, right, right. Were you not <laughs> a seafood? I would no. I I don't. I've never even been to Brazil. Um, <laughs> it might have been Utah. I don't know. I've seen the movie. <laughs> I've seen the movie. <laughs> um, no, I I have been doing some stuff. Uh, I just released an album finally after two years. Uh-huh. Uh, my first, my first <laughs> fully official horror movie comedy album, uh, Stabby Road, dropped on September first. Um, I got, I got to do a song for a horror movie back at the beginning of the year for the release of their, um, uh, for the release of their movie, um, The Outwaters. Um, I've got a uh, my first finally official live show coming up where I'm going to be singing songs from Stabby Road and my next album which is already in the works which surprised Tracy I think I think you're like you're already working on your next album uh Stabby Road had cuts <laughs> I had to cut like wow okay, I had to cut nice. like 12 songs from Stabby so uh wow. I also yeah I'm already working on direct the video <laughs> and um uh, I'm working on the last music videos of Stabby Road right now but I do have uh, a show on October 6th uh at Fumfest in Ohio um to perform i'm gonna be doing mostly the horror stuff and then maybe a few other favorites thrown in there and yeah there's there's one other big thing that i was working on uh i started working on a few months ago um which i I have not been able to publicly say but uh very very soon i will be able to reveal that (laughs) (laughs) and as soon as i can you're gonna know it (laughs) what you'll do is record it when you come back next week and then i'll be able to put it in for this week Uh, released after that's true. Um, I would definitely say the next time we record, I I have to say I got to be able to go ahead and go. Um. Well, I will say that Stabby Road is fantastic. Um, the last you were the first person to tell me that they love the medley, which really the medley uh, that that was awesome. Yeah, because the medley took a long time, and we were so proud of that. So yeah, it was pretty. It cool. is. It is. I I think right up there with Weird Al in terms of quality and in the writing and the way that you ran that from one song to the next um, for for the whole end of the, the side B of Abbey Road. It's the, the Abbey Road, yeah. And I actually listened to um, uh, I, for for weeks I was listening to the isolated harms of the Beatles to get there because I do most of the back. Nice. Nice. So I actually like for like um the um Sun King the Stephen which I do Stephen mm. King, um I'm doing all four vocal or it's three vocals I think three or four, but um I actually had like for for like weeks I just listened to my card to the isolated vocals, and of the harm so I could just work get those everywhere and so it's just piece by piece putting that together was definitely a great it was big but it was it was it was a lot of it fun. is gorgeous and I I when I say the next compliment i mean it absolutely there is a line in there um written the first song of that of that melody um a piece of, where yeah. i have to say it is better than it is what's it is what paul mccartney should have written for lyrics it is better than what paul mccartney wrote for lyrics and deserves to be in the original song What's You're that? one, two, three, four, <laughs> Wait, five, thought, six, seven. Well, oh, oh, deadly sense keep you from having. Yeah, that was yeah. <laughs> I was uh, originally originally there was going to be more horror movies scattered throughout the medley before we decided because this was a three person effort. This was not just me. I would never claim this. <laughs> I brought in uh, my friend Sea Monkey, who actually does, has a Beatles parody group, 
I'm like, you know, you got to come in. This project's way too big for me. And then, of course, um, Austin, the producer, um, was who did all the music. Like, that's all original music that he did for the whole 17 minutes. And um, originally, my idea when I had sketched out lyrics was to just make it scattered. Let's cram as many horrors as we could. So I was going to do that as a reference to the movie Seven. And um, when we decided to make it individual horror movies for each of the sections, and the first one being The Exorcist, I realized that still works. I can I can keep that in, and it still fits with the theme of The Exorcist. Mm-hmm. So that was yeah, no, gorgeous. It was it it belongs up there in in the top echelon of parody songs. Um, so everyone should go out and buy this, it, whether you're a comedy fan or a horror fan or all of the above, buy it. Or neither. Or neither. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining me this week. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Thanks for joining us again. Yeah. Always always great to be here. I I miss hanging out with you guys. This 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 is always fun. I love it. Well, someday <laughs> when you remember uh, us, get back on a regular. Yeah, I need to get back on a regular basis. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. How many, I mean, how, how many more songs do we have though? Uh, we're we're, we're down to the last few months. We will be done in January. <laughs> cool. <laughs> what's what's the game plan when you finish? The well, then we—that's when we, the boulder rolls down the mountain, and we start pushing up the solo album. Well, we still have to go back and do. De- are we going to do Detour de Force and In Flight? We've got two albums yeah. that have come out since. Right. Yeah. All yeah. right, y'all. It's been great. Well, thanks, everyone. All right. Have a great night. Speaking of dreaming, <laughs> you sleep <laughs> for chance to dream. All right. Good night, everybody. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.